I didn't really feel like paying for Dark, Dark Knight Rises at the time. It's not that great of a movie. What is um, Bane in it, though? Well, yes, Bane is very funny. Uh, <laughs> the only real reason that I would do want to finish it eventually is so I can show Aaron all of the car- college humor Batman videos and she'll understand them. Uh, <laughs> That's uh-huh. really the main benefit that I think the Dark Knight trilogy gave to the world. Um, okay. <laughs> not, but, not like an exceptional superhero story or anything. Well, kind of. The, the only exceptional DC superhero story, that's for sure. Uh, uh, but the next thing that Aaron wants to watch are all the Jason Bourne movies. Ah! So at some point I'm going to have to look up the order that those happen in and we can uh, get that get that rolling. Maybe we'll start tonight. We'll find out. Yeah. I don't uh, even know how many there are. I don't know. What's your guess? I'll, I'm going to look it up. You tell. You guess how many there are. I feel like there's five, and I also feel like my guess is high. Oh, okay. So you think it's five, but you're you're not confident. Okay, so there are five. Wait, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess I was wrong because I said that I thought that I was wrong. <laughs> yes, it is the born identity. Mm-hmm. The born supremacy. The born ultimatum. Born, born ultimatum. I have no idea what the other ones are. The Born Legacy. Ah. And the last one is just called Jason Bourne. Oh. Dang it. So there you go. Do they all look like they have, what, Matt Damon? Um, as far as I know, they all have Matt Damon. Okay. Uh, let me check. Jason Bourne. Oh, I see. Yeah, Matt Damon's in all of them. Okay. There's a weird notation in the uh, uh, character list for the series where there's a superscript a to indicate an appearance through archival footage or audio uh, so evidently the born legacy it doesn't have too much matt damon going on except in like flashbacks or something it must uh-huh. be okay yeah because i was thinking that one of them like isn't centered around him uh-huh. and that must be it yeah i don't know that, that's all i know so i guess we'll watch those at some point I know that I've seen one. I just don't know which one I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a long time ago, so it won't even... It didn't make sense then. Like, I got the plot, but, you know, I didn't have the full context. Um, so. Mm-hmm. so we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, so that's the next thing on our list. Should be good. Yeah. yeah. Fun. Yeah, but I'm not sure if we're going to watch it tonight because Aaron's been getting on my case about mm-hmm. Animal Crossing. But what, you playing Animal Crossing? No, about me not playing Animal Crossing. She is very, uh, um, not very. Erin is a little miffed that I am not taking as keen an interest in the island that she is building on my Switch. Oh, okay. Because I had an island and I was doing stuff. And then because we want to be able to play it on the TV, uh, I, I allowed her to delete my island and start a new one uh, all over. Uh-huh. And if you have multiple users on the same switch, you uh, someone can join the island once some foundation is laid out. So Aaron did all of, all the front work, then I joined the island, and because Aaron's playing all the time, 
I'm typically not playing, which means I can't actually do all the things that she wants me to do. But by the time she's like, hey, do you want to, like, you should do these things. It's like, well, A, when am I going to do it? And B, uh, most of the time it's after Aaron's been sitting there playing for a long time. I don't feel like watching Animal Crossing more after that. So, mm-hmm. so we still need to figure out a, a cycle there, but I'm holding firm that I don't want her to like do things for my user. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, so, so we'll see. Aaron really wants me to get a house in Animal Crossing and get rid of my tent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see if that supersedes the desire to watch a movie tonight. <laughs> Bless you. Oh, thanks you. Mm-hmm. I was trying so hard to hold it in, and I just couldn't. That's okay. It's not good to hold in sneezes. Oh, I know. So I've been told. I was thinking about just whispering to myself, don't sneeze, because then you won't sneeze. <laughs> is that how that works? It 100% is. At least, like, if someone else says it. Hmm. Like, if I'm about to sneeze and someone else says, don't sneeze, I don't sneeze. Most of the time. Hmm. Every time someone has said it to me, I haven't sneezed. So I assume that it's just how it works. That's very interesting. I feel like, I mean, I don't think I've ever experienced it enough for to, to make a claim for me. But I know that I at least can sort of self-medicate away a sneeze most of the time. Most of the time, I'm pretty good at sort of like, if I kind of like grab my nose and kind of almost like massage my nostrils... Uh, that that typically gets rid of a sneeze that I feel coming on. That sounded like the most professional euphemism for if I pick my nose. I, <laughs> no, I'm no, assuming no, no, no. you mean from like the outside. Yes, from the outside. Like... From the outside. I sque- yes, I grab the outside of my nose and squish it together and give it a little rub <laughs> like lucky coins. I'm just going to pretend I didn't hear that explanation and you were just saying you pick your nose to stop yourself from sneezing. <laughs> I mean, it would probably work too, uh, but that's a little, that's, that's a bit more of a social faux pas. Mm-hmm. So. Some may even say a taboo. Indeed. Um, do you often have sneezes that you uh, don't anticipate? Or are most of your sneezes like you feel it coming, you have a good couple seconds to sort of prepare yourself in whatever way is necessary? Mm, a lot of the time it's the second one okay like i definitely do have surprise sneezes from time to time but Mm. i think most of them are like you got a second or two to like anticipate and dread it like dread it (laughs) but like wait for it in anticipation too yeah it depends like where you are whether it's dread or not Mm -hmm. like the worst is when you're driving I yep. hate feeling I, like I, I have to sneeze when I'm driving because I I immediately like check my mirrors as quick as I yep. can, make sure there's nothing in front of me that's gonna stop, and I start like take my foot off the accelerator so I start like coasting or slowing down a little bit. Yep. Because I know there's gonna be a split second where I can't see. Well, especially for me, over the past six months, the uh, just statistically speaking, the vast majority of the time that I would sneeze while driving would be while going over 70 miles an hour somewhere along California. Mm-hmm. Like, I spent, you know, 95% of my time just on freeways between San Diego and San Francisco over the last six months uh, yeah. if I was in a car. So, 
I, I definitely can <laughs> exactly picture that same scenario. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then you're very worried about like, man, I really can't have a compound sneeze here. It has to be one good sneeze. I have to cover it really well as well because I don't want to spittle everywhere in my car that I have to worry about. Um, nah. Yeah. That's my car. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I care because I know that I'm going to be in the car for a lot longer after I sneeze. <laughs> Like, you don't, like, spew out stuff every, like, big chunks of stuff everywhere, well, but well, if it's just, like, uh, yeah, aerosolized not. mist, like, yeah. it is what it is. It's still not pleasant. I, just I, like, as bad as I, talking to yourself in the car, like. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, like, you probably aerosolize more crap talking in a car for an hour than you do in one sneeze. This sounds like a job for Mythbusters. If only... I'm quite confident that I'm correct. Um, well, whatever. But yeah, that but, also but, means nothing because I've never studied this. Yeah. I was going to say, like, it, I think it really doesn't make a difference. But I was going to say, like, would you rather, you know, in this day and age, talk to someone for an hour or have them sneeze in your face once? Well, I'd say talk to them for an hour, but also, like, I feel like humans, we've talked about this a couple of times, they're like, we're inherently poor at assessing risk properly. Oh, I know. I'm guessing that talking to someone for an hour is probably more riskier. Probably. But the difference, the one difference that I will say is that, let's say I'm running my AC, which I typically am, or I'm doing something to circulate air, that air circulation makes a much bigger difference to me just talking than it does to a single sneeze. Hmm. It's doing absolutely nothing for my sneeze, but at least there's a hope that it would do a little bit for just straight up talking. Yeah, a rational one. <laughs> anyway, I do have a food update for you for this weekend. Ooh la la! It was an impromptu food update. Um, it was not, it was unexpected. This this particular event today. Aaron mm-hmm. and I were planning on having a sort of picnic this afternoon. We had had some pita bread. We're going to make some sandwiches and go walk somewhere. And as we started making our sandwiches, we realized that the pita was moldy. Uh, So we had to toss that out. We had no other bread. So we defaulted to a box of frozen Tyson boneless wings that Aaron had. Ooh, winning. That came with a buffalo sauce. I don't like buffalo wings. So what I was originally, and we also had a half a bag of tater tots. So my original plan was I'll make half the box of wings for Aaron. We'll make the remaining tater tots and I'll have my half of tater tots with like an egg and some ham or something like that. Mm-hmm. Make a little scramble. But luckily, mm-hmm. uh, when I pulled everything out, the wings were separate from the sauce, mm. which I wasn't actually anticipating. Uh, so I made all the wings and then because we didn't have just straight up barbecue sauce, I needed to go on a journey to make my own sauce. Uh, and I was able to find uh, an Asian Zing copycat recipe online. Mm-hmm. And I made that, and it was really good. I was very pleased with myself. I, I, I typically don't go through a lot of effort to make sauces. I would say most of the sauces that I've ever used in a meal have been like pre-made bottled sauces. Mm-hmm. That I just kind of pour in. But no, it was just a... I mean, it's obviously not from like scratch. One of the ingredients was sriracha. Uh, but... It was mostly from scratch, and I was pretty pleased with how it turned out. It was it was really good. 
on the wings. Is it worth it? Um, I probably, I would probably have to actually do the calculation of the cost of ingredients <laughs> to make like a big batch batch of that versus making, uh, or just buying like a bottle of Asian zing sauce. But it was worth it in the sense that I felt accomplished. Okay. I take that. I'll take that. So, so it's something. I put some soy sauce, some garlic and some ginger in a pan on low heat for just a while. The recipe said 10 to 15 minutes on low heat to, uh, what was it? Was it to like integrate the flavors or something like that? It was, it was some weird phrasing, but I was like, sure, I'll, I'll buy it. But we didn't have, it's just straight up garlic or straight up ginger. We had, um, like a, a mushy minced garlic in a jar that, you know, mm-hmm. you can just buy a bunch of pre mashed yeah. up garlic. So I had that and we had ginger paste. So it's really flying by the seat of my pants for how much of this to add. But it seems like I got it pretty much on point, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you put that in the pan. And then in a separate bowl, you put together some rice wine vinegar, uh, yes. some sriracha, mm-hmm. some honey. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was it. And a little bit of soy sauce. Mm. Um, and also in the actually in the pan with the ginger and garlic, you're supposed to add like chili flakes. We didn't mm-hmm. have that. So I just added some cayenne red pepper uh, like ground mm-hmm. up stuff, which worked. And so once you've done like 10 to 15 minutes in the pan, uh, you set it to kind of boiling temperature and, and mix together the two things and just kind of let it do its thing until it gets thick. And that's what I did. And it was great. I was very pleased. Aaron also agreed that it was very good. Nice. Yeah. We got to start instituting a policy here. I got to start eating <laughs> better snacks before I come to talk to you. Cause, or you got to stop talking about food. Because now I'm so hungry. I feel like I just had dinner not that long ago. Because I had a pretty late dinner. But I'm so hungry now. Well, we can be pretty confident that I won't stop talking about food on this show. Uh, I need someone to talk to about it. Uh, <sighs> okay. And you and you appreciate it, so. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, and I, like, I don't have any good snacks right now either. So I gotta <laughs> figure out what I'm gonna do. It's either like go through a lot of work to like make a yummy snack or like eat something that's just like hacky trash like actually oh that'd be good but still hacky trash no okay what are you gonna make (laughs) share with the Uh, listeners oh god am i gonna share this i think i'm gonna have um uh i'll be right back i gotta go check my fridge see what it's called i'll be right back Okay, so get this. Mm-hmm. Okay, scoot back in. There we go. Uh, I'll probably have uh, some homemade banana chips uh, dipped in Trader Joe's lemon curd. Hmm. Not my thing, but whatever works. It's aggressively sugary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, banana chips in general aren't really my thing. I'm not a huge dried fruit oh. person. Uh, lemon curd, it, their lemon curd is actually really good. My mom buys that, but I think yeah. I've only had it on scones. I don't think I've had it on anything else, uh, to my knowledge. I'd only had it on, like, things like like scones or, like, baked desserts or something. Mm-hmm. And then I was at Trader Joe's the other week, and I was like, you know what, I'm in so good to... M- like, I've been such a good person. And, well, not a good person, but, like, I haven't been eating a ton of crap this whole week. Like, I should find, like, I haven't 
been to the grocery store and just been like, ah, treat myself. Let's get a bunch of like chips and crap. So I was like, I'm going to buy something to treat myself. And I'm like, ooh, lemon curd. I haven't had this in like years. And I know it's good because I know I would eat it by a spoonful. Oh, God. I wouldn't or do I would that. Been, I would have been willing to eat it by a spoonful. Yeah. Uh, I had asked to. Uh-huh. I was told that I was not allowed. <laughs> and so I got that. And then I was like, wait, why did I, I got this? And now I have no idea what to do with it. And then I had <laughs> banana chips like in the fridge right next to it. I was like, those would go together, right? And I tried dipping them. And it was, yeah, it was delicious. Well, there you go. Homemade banana chips. All right. Do you have like a vacuum sealer or something? How do you? How did you home make them? Uh oh, yo! This is an exciting part of my life that I didn't that I haven't shared about. Uh, well, so I had a real crappy food dehydrator for a couple of years. Uh, that was purchased not for food purposes, for three D printer related purposes at first. <laughs> uh, and then I decided I liked it. Didn't work very well for the three D printing related purposes, and I liked it better for the food purposes and so i've been using that and it just started like breaking and like okay it was like a it's like a 25 dollar food dehydrator so i didn't expect much out of it so i expected it to break like this like the plastic just started like disintegrating pretty much <laughs> of the trays and i was like well i probably shouldn't use this anymore and i really like having this so you know what it's worth it for me to like level up and get like a legit quality food dehydrator so i ordered mm-hmm. one like two weeks ago and i got it and i freaking love it so worth it awesome spent way more money on it than i should have but so <laughs> worth it i love it we were very close to needing to replace a kitchen appliance this weekend we were making carrot cake um Gosh. we were well we were like um, one of aaron's grad school friends had invited us over to her apartment to have just like a little dinner thing on Friday with with her boyfriend and the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were in charge of dessert and Aaron wanted to make carrot cake. So we, we made carrot cake and we were making frosting uh, the day of to frost it. And in the process, it was just a little too thick because uh, I think we just apparently... Erin's uh, frosting instructions from her mom were given. She was given no details other than a list of ingredients. And after calling her mom, uh, we were told that you're supposed to let the ingredients get to room temperature before using them. So everything was too thick, and our hand mixer overheated and died while I was using it to make the frosting. <laughs> no. It did come back to like it, it didn't. I I assumed that it had overheated and actually died. Instead, it had just overheated and shut down because of the overheating. But we waited a little bit and it, it came back mm. to life. So it's it's still working, still kicking around. Mm. Uh, so so at least for now, we're in the clear. Maybe there's a lesson learned in there somewhere. I'm not sure. We'll find out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to I had to make carrot puree because normally Aaron's mom has uses a carrot baby food. Mm. So when I was sent to the store <laughs> to get all this information or to get all the ingredients for the cake, I was told to get carrot baby food. Because Erin does not like having any chunks of carrots in her carrot cake. Mm-hmm. And I could not find any carrot baby food. So I boiled up uh, all the baby carrots that we had. And Erin used like an immersion blender to puree them. But it turned out fine. Wait, why baby carrots? Because that's Just, all we had. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I knew we had them, so I didn't bother buying any more. 
<laughs> I just wanted to make sure that you didn't think like, oh yeah, carrot baby foods made from baby carrots only or something. I didn't realize like, how that sounded. No, I do not. I do not think that. <laughs> okay, I, let the record be stated. Let, let the record reflect that Mark yes. understands that baby food is, I guess, could be made from baby carrots, but isn't exclusively made from baby carrots. Correct. <laughs> well, it's likely not made from baby carrots, but that's a debate for another day. Oh. Do you know right. what is weird about baby carrots? I, I got to go on a rant about baby carrots. Do it. Because I learned something about them, and then I was telling people, and they all thought that I was an idiot because they thought I was totally wrong, and then it turns out I was right. <laughs> baby carrots don't exist. They're just regular carrots that are cut up and shaved down. Yeah. It, that just, like, destroyed my whole worldview of, like, what does it mean to be a carrot when mm-hmm. I learned that. Well, I know that there are... What was the other thing that Aaron and I were looking up? We were looking up some other small produce, and we assumed that it was like baby carrots where it was cut up, but it was the exact opposite where it actually was just a younger version of the thing. And I don't remember what it was off the top of my head, which is really bothering me. Is it the different colors of bell peppers or something? Or No, no, no. It wasn't It wasn't something that trivial. Uh like okay so here you go strictly speaking baby carrots do exist but most things in the supermarket that you that are called baby carrots are according to the fda or usda um baby cut carrots yes right but there are you can technically get baby carrots which are carrots that are um plucked prior to them yeah. reaching maturity mm-hmm. there you go there's your double turns out neato mm-hmm. all right i'm ready to rock i'm ready to roll i guess enough, enough of this food talk who would who would spend so much time on such trivial things i don't know but you know what i do know is you brought half full for this week by uh maria scriven and we got two Rubik's cubes in the scene. On on the left, we have a, a fully uh fully completed. All the sides that I can see are single colored and matching, standing there proud and triumphantly. Uh, and then on the other side, we have a a, a mixed up Rubik's cube. That's a uh, top portion is tilted askew, and is. I assume saying to the other Rubik's Cube, some days are better than others. Oh, oh, oh. Who's Joseph? I don't know. I was wondering the same thing. (laughs) For for the listener, there is a comment referring to the right cube as being Joseph. Uh, The right cube being the one that is all mixed up. And neither of us know who Joseph is. Does he have an amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat? Maybe that's what they're talking about. I have no idea. Anyway, what were you going to say, Mark, before I cut you off? Well, now I'm looking at their comment history to see if I can oh. guess. Whatever. Uh, I just wanted to ask, how do you feel about puzzles? Uh, Can I ask a question before I answer this? Mm-hmm. Can you clarify the word puzzle and its usage in this question? Uh, Sure. I would say 
I'm talking about what do you think about puzzles as a leisure activity? Like puzzles that present themselves as games. So do you mean like 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 a picture that's cut up into a bunch of little pieces or like problems that are well, games? A, a jigsaw puzzle is a subset of the puzzle world. Another okay. puzzle is uh, one that I used to always see at Barnes & Noble called Rush Hour, which is the equivalent to the phone app Unblock Me, where you have various blocks um, arranged uh-huh. vertically and horizontally, and you have to get a certain block to a certain place by mixing them all around. Okay. There's lots of types of puzzles, Jigsaw being one of them, a Rubik's Cube being another. I'm just curious what, yeah, I mean, you can classify certain puzzles in certain ways if you want, but I'm just I'm curious what your relationship to puzzles is Ooh, my relationship to puzzles uh quite casual i would say hmm. not not super serious uh certainly non-romantic <laughs> um i guess you could say only physical because it's non-romantic um <laughs> sorry i'm gonna stop saying this now <laughs> Um, I don't know, like, puzzles are fine. Um, they can be fun, certainly, if you're, like, in the right mood. Uh, these days I'm not typically in the right mood, because I feel like I spend a large portion of my life dealing with puzzles that (laughs) I don't necessarily get to choose if I want to or don't want to deal with them. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I have my leisure time, I typically, uh at least don't want to deal with as explicit of pub- uh of puzzles. Hmm. Not uh, oh my god. Like, yeah. Um so yeah, like if if puzzles just like naturally come up in like leisure time activities in terms of like a problem that I have to solve, that's fine, but like I don't want to like like doing a puzzle or like solving a puzzle isn't necessarily a leisure time activity that I seek out these days. So this was not the original direction of this question, but I'm just now realizing that this helps color a lot of your um, hesitation surrounding trying to test text adventures for me. Yes. (laughs) I didn't even think about that, but yes, you're totally right, I think, (laughs) at least on some level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that so far you're sort of niceness as a friend has at least overruled your uh latent um frustration with uh doing puzzles as leisure activities <laughs> well no and it and it will continue to because like i mm-hmm. do genuinely find them to be fun like once we start doing them yeah until i get annoyed and then i'm frustrated <laughs> um <laughs> it's like the Maybe, like, the mental barrier of, like, am I going to, like, completely choose to do this on my own accord is enough to, like, stop me. Even though, like, I know, like, oh, I could sit down and, like, do puzzles and, like, have a great time doing it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to sit down because I'm not going to, like, reach that, get myself over that barrier because I already am kind of biased against it in in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let's, uh, I want to narrow in then on jigsaw puzzles. Okay. Uh, because to me, your average jigsaw puzzle compared to other puzzles is essentially without strategy. With the only real strategy being 
look for edge and corner pieces, assuming that it's a traditional jigsaw puzzle. If it's not a traditional jigsaw puzzle, then I don't really know what people do. But if it's a traditional one, then that's really the main strategy is that and like categorization, right? But but my general take on a jigsaw puzzle is that it is a an activity for people who like sort of a tedious, repetitive, organizational task with a pretty concrete way to move forward. What are your thoughts, Grant? I think you're just objectively wrong. I, I was really hoping I was going to agree with you because I wanted to roast jigsaw puzzles, but I, and I don't want to defend them. Um, but I feel like you just like tried to roast them in just an objectively wrong, incorrect way. So like, huh. I don't know if I can. This is not the sort of disagreement this. we normally have. <laughs> Give me your version of disliking them. Then, like, they're boring. I'm giving a reason for why someone would find them boring. Yeah, and your reason is irrelevant because it's like <laughs> it's a bad criticism. Um, but or I think it's a it's a criticism that you levied too broadly, just based on my assumptions of other types of puzzles that you would typically not categorize in the same way. Okay. Um, Do tell. Well, I feel like most puzzles are tedious, repetitive, organizational problems. Hmm. Or a lot of common puzzles. Can you give me some other puzzles that you're thinking about? Like, uh, oh, what's the one to nine in a box? Sudoku. Yes, that one. Like, I think that's a tedious organizational problem. Hmm. Because you were organizing, like, the way I see most people do them is organizing, like, oh, well, what numbers could go where? Um, yeah, I mean, I can get behind that, that Sudoku is way less logically and mathematically interesting. But at least I think there's a little bit more to it than a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's at least a step up, a very small step up on, on the hierarchy of um, puzzles with, like, puzzles that could teach you something. Let's say, oh, for, from a numbers. sort of educator's perspective, for me, no, not be, just because it has numbers. You can make a uh-huh. Sudoku without numbers um, okay. or Sudoku-like things. It's that there's actually logic going on there beyond the uh, just straight visual aspect of does this piece fit with this piece and or is this piece a similar color to this piece? Like that's what a jigsaw puzzle is, right? And that's Isn't where the that inherently that's logic. Where the, that's what I'm just saying that that's the level of logic that you're reaching. It is a child's level of logic, a young, a very young child's level of logic. And then all you're doing huh. is ramping up the number of decisions and comparisons that you're making, right? Wait, how? So how is how is is this the same color? And are these shapes complementary? A lower level of logic than are these numbers the same? Are these numbers different? Well, at least in Sudoku, there is the sort of exclusionary part of it. It's not you 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 check whether two things are the same just to check whether you did something correctly, right? Uh huh. But there is at least a slightly higher level, like two dimensional logic of oh, at least I need to check a couple different directions. You need to check a row, a column, and a box. Well, yeah, puzzle pieces, you have to check all four sides. 
<laughs> hmm. I th- I think I think I don't actually have much to argue. I, surprisingly to me, I'm not going to continue arguing uh, this point because I think <laughs> you're probably more correct than I actually am. However, I think that there are you know, and, and obviously I have personal experience with mm-hmm. puzzles that have uh, way more to them than your basic yes. Sudoku or Jigsaw. Yes, where there are st- act- legitimate strategies that aren't immediately obvious to solve these puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously those are the sorts that I find interesting, but it's at least good to know that you are on a similar page. I have found jigsaws fun on occasion. If I'm in the right mindset, like mm-hmm. in the same way that I don't know, it's like almost like just something to occupy your, your hands. Like, like if I didn't mm-hmm. like playing um, Mario Kart or, solving rubik's cubes like yeah that's the other thing with solving rubik's cubes if you're not really trying to get better it's just it's just a tedious thing to do with your hands like for me it's just a fidget toy now mm-hmm. a jigsaw would just be like a large scale version of that where i could just listen to a podcast or watch a tv show while just methodically sorting through a bunch of puzzle pieces if i were in the mood to do so like i can see its appeal to a certain brain Mm-hmm. It's just that most of the time, there's like too much. There's too much activation energy to getting started with a puzzle. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that Aaron uh, eventually will desperately want to do a jigsaw puzzle again. Probably once she listens to this episode, it'll come up. Uh, but my biggest issue is I don't know if we're going to do a jigsaw puzzle in our apartment. <laughs> I'm gonna pull out our pull out our uh folding table from under the couch and just place it somewhere to have a jigsaw puzzle <laughs> until we finish it like <laughs> buy something bulky on amazon and use the box and just put it on the floor Ugh, that sounds terrible as well i like, like having you, a floor with space if you, like if you flatten out the box you can do the puzzle on the box on the floor and then when you're tired of it and want the floor back you can just slide throw, the box like, under away. the couch <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that that was a better one. Just throw it all away. <laughs> throw it out the window. I mean, that is the worst part of a jigsaw puzzle is the sort of, uh, it's not really a replayable sort of thing. And that's true about most puzzles. It just so happens that most puzzles, for example, a Sudoku, you can just get books of them. They don't take up that much space. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a much more compact type of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've surprised myself in the past year or so I've gotten into crosswords. Mm. Mostly because uh, an old employee of our company who kind of faux retired but is actually coming back into a new position. <clears throat> uh, but he very much likes crosswords. He's a, he's a he's a big puzzle game show kind of guy. He was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire mm. uh, in his 20s. Uh, but he... Uh, does a crossword once a week for the company and, and posts it in our company Slack on Friday afternoons. And they're, and they're good puzzles. Like he is mm-hmm. just, he's kind of a more of a normal guy. So like, yeah, it's like some of them are a little tricky, just like any crossword puzzle. There's like, or similar to like watching Jeopardy or like, how would anybody know that? You know, I'm, this guy's too old or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't get this reference, but for the most part, I find, I, I find it fun. If only as a measurement of my like uh, increased adulthood. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I feel about crossword puzzles. 
Are there any puzzles you actually do legitimately like, or is it you just kind of have a general, I'm not going to say distaste, but apathy towards pretty much all puzzles? These days, it's more apathy than anything. Okay. Um, I won't send like, you my I'm, puzzle book then. I'm sure if I could, like, think about it, I could figure it out. Or, I, I mean, not figure it out. I'm sure I could, like, figure out one that I does. Uh, oh, my God. I can't <laughs> words right now. I'm trying to think too hard of finding a puzzle. The puzzle that I definitely don't like is trying to think about a puzzle that I like <laughs> while trying to talk to you about it. Because uh, it's not going well. Um, Like, I don't know. Like, figuring out, I don't freaking know, like, how to kill Dracula or something. Sounds like a fun puzzle. Grant has brought Fred Bassett by Alex Graham. And we open on Fred Bassett, the Bassett Hound, looking shocked, his ears flopping up in the air as there's a large crash happening near him. And we pan out. Where Fred's ears are back down, we are looking at a uh, sort of what I, uh, I don't know a sort of like living area uh, off to the left. There's a couple armchairs and stuff with a uh, um, some maybe some food set out, and there is a table with a couple of champagne glasses on top of it. There is a woman with her hand on her mouth, looking up at the ceiling, and a man who has just. Uh, uncorked a bottle of champagne also looking up at the ceiling where there is a shattered chandelier or light fixture um where the cork uh was uh, projected into uh and fred bassett is thinking that's put a dampener on their anniversary celebration somewhat i have an issue with this rant uh-oh they give the dog one line in this entire comic, and it sounds so oh. clunky. Yeah, I thought why you just the misread the comic. What, why would you add the word somewhat at the end? That's oh. put a dampener on their anniversary celebration somewhat. Such a clunky sentence. Yeah. Hmm. Is the word damper a word? I said dampener. I know, but is damper a word? Or uh, damper is in its... No, it would be damper in terms of um, my swimsuit is damper than yours. <laughs> but I don't okay. think it has anything to do with sound dampening. Okay. The, like damp and dampen are two different things, right? <laughs> oh, oh, thanks, Mark. I had no idea. Yep. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, sweet. Have a good night. <laughs> no. Uh, maybe maybe you already answered this at the beginning of the episode. Hmm. But, and if you did, that would just be such wonderful, like we're on the same wavelength here. But, Poetry at rhymes. Uh, do you have any favorite, like, celebratory foods or beverages? Like, hmm. things that are commonly, I don't know if I want to say, like, foods or beverages associated with celebrations that you enjoy or specific foods or beverages that you enjoy having to celebrate something? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, there's always a special place in my heart for dessert uh, mm -hmm. that I don't normally get. 
So uh, various ice cream cakes. Ice cream cake is a very po- uh, popular oh, celebratory cake in my cake. family. Uh, we typically go for Cold Stone these days because we're fancy oh, like that. Oh, but Dairy, Dairy Queen is a good option for um, when you want something a bit more frugal, but still very good. I do like I do enjoy it. Like I would totally kill a Dairy Queen ice cream cake, but there's no Dairy Queens around here, so Oh sad. Yeah. Uh so that's one th- the first thing that comes to mind is dessert. Mm-hmm. Because beyond that, I don't think there is much. Uh, like a special occasion meal is my dad making homemade Italian subs. Because even though it's not on the surface, a like fancy meal, of course, it's pretty labor intensive for him to just like procure all the ingredients. And he goes through a whole rigmarole of uh, slowly applying the ingredients and toasting everything bit mm-hmm. by bit in, in the precise way that he has defined as proper. And so, and so he's turned it into a big thing and it's like a, it's more of a special request kind of meal. It is not a, Oh, it's Wednesday and we need something to eat. Why don't we whip together subs? It's a, it's a process. Mm-hmm. So, so that's another one that comes to mind. Drinks weigh less just because, like, you know, I, I, um, don't. I mean, in terms of like alcoholic drinks, I just don't drink much in general. In terms of other drinks, but you don't I, have like a glass of skim milk to celebrate a <laughs> a good day of work or something. No, I, I can't say I do. Uh, I mean, I guess ginger ale maybe comes closest to like, oh yeah, something special occasiony. But I think that's probably turned into too generic of a drink for me, like something that I have too often for it to like re- to it for it to keep that status. Mm-hmm. It's probably the closest that I can get, but it, it like it's a treat beverage for me. But I've definitely increased its my consumption of it compared to other drinks so i don't think that it still quite counts mm-hmm. i don't know but now, now that kind of makes me want there to be something mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know what that would be I'm, I'm sure moving forward as aaron and i continue to sort of hone in on our uh the things that we want to cook and and eating out less and everything there'll be certain things that should hopefully evolve into that like i could totally see sushi becoming our mm-hmm. joint special location type thing just because it's you know it's expensive <laughs> mm-hmm. and it should be treated with probably a bit more reverence than we often allow it to mm-hmm. um at least like good sushi obviously uh yeah i don't know were, are, were there things that you had in mind i'm curious no not specifically i was just curious about your answers well i i will I will I will meditate on that. Okay. Because I think it's a good question. I think it's a good guiding question. Well, I hope it'll help bring you peace. Well, thank you. And help you understand what it means to be the dragon warrior. Can I be a warrior princess instead? Sure. <laughs> if you don't want to be a panda, I guess. Um, I, I understand now what reference you're making, but what I was just thinking of <laughs> is the is the wonderful Disney Channel movie Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior. <laughs> Wait, what? Look it up. It's a it's a Wendy Wu. Name? Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior. It's how, Brenda... how are we spelling Wu? W O O W H O O. I think it's just W U. Oh, yeah. Oh, there we go. W- okay. 
Yeah, Brenda. Brenda, what's her name? Brenda Song. Song. Yeah, that's yeah. her name. Oh my God, how uh, did I never like? But there's a whole thing there with like Chinese New Year, and they're making like these these really good looking mooncakes with like a jelly center. Oh. Uh, so so that's what I was just thinking of when you when you mentioned Dragon Warrior. Yeah, <laughs> it's instead the Homecoming Warrior. Okay, where she has to fight like a million terracotta soldiers or something like that. Oh it's really funny. Wowza. That comment just made me think of one thing that I say for special occasions. Yeah. Donuts that I freaking love. Oh, if I like had zero self-control, I would like eat a half dozen donuts for breakfast every day. Oh, I, I got that. I mean, actually, I, I bet donuts will evolve into a more special occasion thing because as I've told you, there are no good donuts around here and obtaining donuts is a much bigger thing, I think. Mm. So so I can imagine us like either finding places in the city or explicitly out of the city that become more special occasion things that we can't just like casually walk to down the street. Mm-hmm. So hmm, very interesting. Do you know what's interesting to me, Mark? Hmm. Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior, the the genre is fantasy kung fu. 